top of the inning to you. Welcome to the Irish Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Irish American Baseball Society. If you love baseball and if you love Ireland, stay tuned for a discussion of all things Irish baseball. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Irish Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Becker. As we're approaching our second year as a podcast, we've started to really find our footing. We've discovered our purpose. Sometimes the Irish Baseball Podcast will be a baseball podcast, and other times it will be an Irish podcast. If you're listening, we assume both topics are interesting to you, and we are not going to limit ourselves to subjects that only have to do with Irish baseball. Today I'll be talking with Hillary Byrne, who is the founding chairman of the NYC St. Patrick's Day Foundation. He's working tirelessly to try to get the Irish diaspora the opportunity to vote in elections in the Republic of Ireland. Thank you so much for joining us on the Irish Baseball Podcast. My pleasure. So the first thing I'd like to discuss is your work with the Irish diaspora. If you could tell people what you're doing as it pertains to voting, representation in Ireland, and other aspects of your work. Last year, um, part of my work here in New York is I I work at the New York City St. Patrick's Day Parade, and in that capacity, it has exposed me, given that it is a 260-year-old United States institution, it has exposed me to people from all walks of life, people of all ages, and in particular, members of the Irish diaspora. Um, Last year, when I did not have a parade to organize uh, because of COVID, I ended up being asked to join a group of Irish immigrants and members of the diaspora and Irish citizens, a group called votingrights.ie. And I'm on their executive board. And that group is lobbying for voting rights for Irish diaspora in a presidential election in Ireland. The Irish president represents all Irish citizens. However, currently, he only represents those citizens who live on the island of Ireland. And we feel that that is not fair, given that after 300 years of immigration, given the fact that immigrants sent money home to Ireland to keep the Irish economy afloat for 300 years, it was the largest philanthropic transatlantic transfer of funds in history. And yet there is no recognition of immigrant input into the economy of Ireland, be it in the past or be it presently. For example, uh, this year marks the 100th anniversary of the establishment of the state, and yet there is not one single event in Ireland this year to recognize immigrant contribution to the establishment of the state. And as an immigrant and a member of the diaspora and a person who breeds Ireland every March 17th here in New York when when we have our New York City St. Patrick's Day Parade, I find that extremely disappointing. Um, And I find it so disappointing given the fact that here in the United States, the United States corporations 
who are led by a lot of members of the Irish diaspora made decisions to relocate plants, manufacturing plants and, and services to the service sector in Ireland. The United States uh, corporations have invested somewhere in the region currently uh, $445 billion. They account for almost a quarter of the workforce in Ireland. And yet there's no recognition of that contribution in present day, not alone for the past 300 years when people sent home money to Ireland to keep it uh, financially solvent. That's just so disappointing. So there's a group we're working on with the Irish government to get a referendum in place. We hope that that will happen next year. And if it does, um, and bear in mind, note what I said, we hope, because this has been on the agenda of several governments and still has yet to come to pass. Um, but we're hoping that there will be a referendum put to the voters in Ireland to extend voting rights to the Irish diaspora uh, that will allow them to vote in an upcoming presidential election in Ireland, where the president is supposed to represent all Irish citizens. And the other part of that is in the north of Ireland, on the same island, there's 850,000 Irish citizens, aka also known as Irish passport holders, and they have no voting rights, which is such a shame. And one would think that if they had some kind of representation, note what I said, some kind of representation, that in Dublin, that will be consistent with what the government is saying. Northern Ireland is very important to us. We want peace in Northern Ireland. Uh, here's our way of contributing. Uh, there's representation here in Dublin for the people of Northern Ireland, especially the 850,000 Irish passport holders there. And yet there's none of that. And the signal that they send to the diaspora, as well as to the 850,000 in the North of Ireland, is really, you don't matter. And that's such a shame. On one hand, they say one thing, the diaspora is so important, uh, Northern Ireland is so important, but yet we have no, nothing, nothing uh, to say that we're important. <laughs> uh, and, and this past weekend, do you have to understand, I was in Washington um, and there I watched Brazilian nationals vote in their national election in Washington. And at the same time in Dublin, Brazilian nationals that live in Ireland were voting in their national elections. And yet two thirds of the world allows their citizens who live abroad to vote in elections and Ireland does not. And one would have thought given 300 years of immigration from Ireland that Ireland would have been at the forefront of diaspora representation and voting rights and yet they're not. So I just want to be clear for anybody listening and might not know who you're talking about getting the vote. You are talking about somebody who is an Irish passport holder. Basically, yes. And while there's a, quite a significant number of Irish passport holders, they are also Irish citizens. And the Irish Constitution, Article 2, grants voting rights 
and representation to Irish citizens, all Irish citizens. It does not distinguish whether they live on the island of Ireland, or should I rephrase that, not just the island of Ireland, but in the Republic of Ireland, because it excludes all the ones on the other part of the island of Ireland. But also it excludes anyone who was born, raised and emigrated from Ireland. And this, this voting rights is actually, believe it or believe it or not, more important now than ever before, because in a recent poll that was published in the Irish Independent a couple of weeks ago, 70%, and it's, a, it's an unbelievable percentage, of young people are considering emigrating from Ireland. And as I point out to the government ministers who are dealing with this issue, um, I says, are they destined to be disenfranchised from their nation and their families when they emigrate, like all the immigrants who have emigrated before them? Um, there is definitely, the, 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 if unless there's some kind of voting rights granted, be it in a presidential election or other elections, like possibly uh, elect a member of the Irish Senate to represent immigrants, uh, which again would be very easy to do because you already have international voting for two constituencies in elections to the Irish Senate. And that is for the National University of Ireland graduates who live abroad, like myself, I vote in the Irish Senate elections every time they're held. And Trinity College also has a constituency where they vote just like myself, who live abroad, they vote in ballot papers mailed to me. And it will be very easy to extend both of those two constituencies to make a third one that could represent Irish immigrants across the world where they would, just like the Brazilians I saw this past weekend in Washington or the Brazilians living in Dublin, um, that they could come to a, a place and vote on a representative for immigrants in the Irish Senate. Um, National University of Ireland and Trinity College, they elect three senators each. Why can't that be extended to have immigrants elect three senators in their own constituency? It's very easily done. The mechanism is there already, and it would help to satisfy the need for diaspora representation. Also, one of the issues that people feel at home in Ireland is that uh, by granting voting rights to the Irish diaspora, it might upset the apple cart. And when I say upset the apple cart, well, you have all these people who they're, they're, they'll control the election. And the answer is no. Why? Because while a lot of people hold Irish passports, not a lot of them will end up voting. That's one. Two, if you have three elected representatives in a constituency that's marked immigrant constituency, that certainly is not going to sway the balance of power. And also in a presidential election, if you have um, a, um, oh my goodness, I forgot the terminology, but there's a, a way where the, the outside vote won't stack the cards against the native vote. Um, I wanted a proportional representation. There's the term. Uh, you could have proportional representation for immigrants in a presidential election that would not dilute 
uh, in essence, the vote of people who currently live in the Republic of Ireland. Um, because that's one of the fears that they have in granting a voting right, is that their vote won't be worth what they ha have had and enjoyed in the past, because you now will have a lot more immigrants voting and it may upset the balance of what they feel is an appropriate candidate. By having proportional representation in a national election for a president, you won't have that upsetting of the card and or having a constituency specifically for immigrants to vote for three elected senators, again, won't upset the balance of power in the Shannon. But more importantly, by including immigrants, what does Ireland do? It does the same as the French. The French elect members of parliament in North America. And the person who represents North America is a gentleman called Roland Lescure. And Roland was a bank, born in Paris, became a banker in, Mon, in Montreal. I think it's Montreal, it might be Ottawa. Anyway, he heads up the economic committee for the French government in his elected position. And what does he bring for the French government that the Irish government fails to recognize is important? Is he brings his immigrant experience working outside France, uh, in Canada, uh, where, he is ex where he was exposed to banking systems and economic systems in Canada and the United States. Ireland doesn't have that benefit of engagement uh, where they can bring people who are elected to the Senate or have a vested interest because they're voting in an election in Ireland. They don't have that ability to tap that potential economic development for the future of Ireland. And as Irish America ages out, now note the term, uh, Irish America since the JFK area, era, immigration from Ireland is pretty much I won't say non-existent, but it's it's not a lot of people immigrate from Ireland to the United States anymore. So you have a grandfather clause where which allows you to go back as far as your grandparents to get Irish citizenship. Well, guess what? Grandparents are starting to pass away. Uh, so you have an aging out of the Irish American population here in the United States. And once that aging out occurs, you will, Ireland will lose, note the word, will lose that connectedness that it has enjoyed for 300 years because of immigration to the United States. That will dramatically affect the boardroom decisions in corporate America because you will have a person who may have an Irish last name but is not connected to Ireland because they've aged out. Uh, as a result, if he has to decide if he's going to locate uh, a business uh, or establish a headquarters in Europe, is he going to pick an outcrop island called Ireland? Or is he going to go to Holland or Belgium where everybody pretty much speaks the same language as we speak here in the United States and be on the mainland of Europe? He's probably going to go for mainland Europe over Ireland because he's not connected. If he's connected to Ireland, he will realize that Ireland has one of the most 
educated populations in the world uh, is has gone from strength to strength in economic development in the last 20 years. And if he's connected to Ireland, uh, he will recognize that Europe is just a hop, skip and a jump away. But if he's not connected, he's going to go to mainland and unemployment in Ireland will drop. Uh, corporate America will not be invested in Ireland as it has been in the past. And here in the United States, um, you have to reflect the Irish are extremely well thought of. And in, to give you an example of the age and out process in the last census, the number of people identifying as being Irish dropped over three and a half million from the previous, it's down to 31 million. You can look this up. Uh, I anticipate in the next US census, that number will drop closer to six or 10 million. Um, which would be down to the 20 million mark. That's a significant drop from the 40 million that people used to talk about a few years ago. Um, and that's going to dramatically affect the influence of Ireland uh, in corporate America, but also we enjoy currently, we're the only ethnic group here in the United States that on our national holiday, we have access to the White House. That's going to disappear unless something is reversed to engage Irish America. And one way of doing that is to grant voting rights. So you mentioned earlier that there is some interest in a referendum for this. Yes. So you are being heard. Your calls are not falling on deaf ears. The last two government administrations and the current one are supportive. Nothing has moved while we're being heard and we're being acknowledged, nothing is happening. If you hear what I'm saying. <laughs> I do hear what you're saying. I understand that, you know, the wheels of politics move slowly sometimes. But while you are finding some questions, like they don't want the elections to be dominated by the diaspora, you're hearing at least an interest that people in the Republic of Ireland think this is a valid thing that could come to fruition? Um, yes, but currently based on polling numbers, it's a, it's a flick of a coin as to whether a referendum would pass on this issue because of the fear of the term is swamping of Irish diaspora over the native vote. And like I say, that, that the answer to that question is very easily, um, you have proportional representation for the diaspora. Um, so it doesn't interfere with the native votes. Um, you can't have, and this is one of the fears that's over there, you can't have an outside group of people determining what you can or not, or not do uh, in your own native country. But at the same time, these outside people, members of the diaspora, who don't live in Ireland have a vested interest in the success of Ireland. You're talking to one such person. I have a vested interest. Why? Why do members of the diaspora have that vested interest? Because we have family members who still live there. We have relatives. The part of Ireland where I come from, my name, Byrne, is an ancient Irish name. I can trace it back over a thousand years. I have a vested interest to the, the success of Ireland and always will. 
Um, and for me, as an immigrant, Ireland is my home. While I've lived in more of my life here in the United States, I still view Ireland as my homeland. And I know I'm not unusual in that outlook. And a lot of Irish Americans, be them one or two generation, do look to Ireland as where they came from. Even though they have been born here in the United States, Ireland is near and dear to their heart. And to keep that front and center for future generations of Irish Americans, there needs to be an engagement of some form or fashion, not ignoring them as has been done for 300 years when it comes to representation. Um, the other issue is the need for representation is, is vital because as I said at a business organization meeting, is there anybody in Ireland you can point to that you can go to to get an issue resolved? There's nobody. There's a bureaucracy there with no name, no face. It's the, called the Irish government. Who do you go to? There's nobody. But if you have an elected representative, now you have somebody to go to. Now you have a face. Now you have a name. And when the Irish uh, under um, Enda Kenny was the Taoiseach, he appointed Billy Lawless as a member of the Irish Shannon to represent the Irish diaspora. Billy was from Chicago. And his office was inundated with requests from the diaspora all over the world. And yet the current government failed to reappoint him, which is when I got involved because I was extremely upset because I thought it was really an insult to what we do for Ireland on the world stage. And as I said to you earlier, I'm a person every March 17, I live and breathe Ireland. And yet I don't find any recognition for that. And what we do um, here in New York, uh, the New York City St. Patrick's Day Parade, it's the biggest event Ireland has on March 17th. It's bigger than any of the events in Ireland. And yet we don't get any recognition for what we do. We have uh, the St. Patrick's Day Parade here in New York is broadcasted all across the world. Uh, and yet the Irish government give us maybe 10, five, five seconds, 10 seconds on national television. It, it's just uh, astounds me that there isn't more recognition for the diaspora uh, and what it does and how it raises Ireland's profile. And like I said, just in my organization, we raise Ireland's profile all across the world. Every March 17th, we're broadcasted like a person called a friend and I was on television in Shanghai. And yet there's no recognition for that and what we do to elevate um, Ireland on the, on the world stage. It's not just us here in New York. It's all across the world that that's being done. So Irish immigrants are doing that because A, it's the right thing. B, it's our homeland. But see, they should be some kind of recognition for that and having a voting right would help to recognize Irish immigrant input into Ireland, be it in the past or at the current. I have been doing this show for almost two years now, and you would think at some point I would understand that when you're interviewing Irish people, you have to set aside more time. So we're going to talk to you at some point in the future Everything you said was so interesting, and you're giving our listeners a lot to think about with the information that you provided. 
absolutely love it. Thank you so much for being here. And feel free to reach back. And it's my pleasure to be here. And hopefully moving forward. And the next time we talk, we, we've had major movement on the government and a date for a referendum. I'm Rick Becker, and that was Hillary Byrne on the Irish Baseball Podcast. Join us again in two weeks when we cover another topic surrounding our mutual loves of Ireland and baseball. This was episode 46 of the Irish Baseball Podcast. You've been listening to the Irish Baseball Podcast. The Irish Baseball Podcast is a production of the Irish American Baseball Society. Visit us online at irishbaseball.org. And remember, there's no place like home.